Let's go into prayer, amen. Father, in Jesus' name, I thank you, Lord, for this opportunity, Father, and I thank you, Lord God, if we permit, Father God, as it is written in your word, Father God, that you And this is what we do if God permit, amen. In other words, Father, you're allowing your word to go, for, to go forward, Father God. There's so much grace, amen. As it is written, Father God, in John 1, 16, Father God. And of his fullness that we all receive in grace for grace, amen. The fullness of God, take my fullness while you can. Take me now in this age of grace that we live in, in this dispensation of grace that we are a part of. And grace for grace, grace to manage in your, in, in your face to the next level of grace, amen. For by grace, as it is written in your word, Father God, I was saved through faith. It is the gift of God, amen. So grace gives it and faith takes it, amen. And as you said, Lord Jesus, heretofore you have not asked anything in my name. Now ask that you might lambano. Ask, we ask that we might take of you, Lord. I ask for your presence, O oh God, that I might take your presence. I ask for your presence, Father God, to be in the hearts and the minds of those that are listening, Father, in this broadcast and in the future. I thank you, Lord God, in Jesus' name, Father God, for your goodness and mercy, Father. As it is written, Father God, that thou preparest a table before us in the presence of our enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our life. Amen. I thank you for your word, Father God, right now. And for your presence, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. <clears throat> hey, good morning, Martin. How you doing? Brother Martin, amen. You know, it's interesting that uh, a couple of things here. In Hebrews, the scripture says that, uh, 2.10, I think, Hebrews 2.10, 2 2.11, I'm sorry. Hebrews 2.11. The scripture says that uh, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified are of one, for which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren. Hey, Andres Aquino. So in other words, you know, Jesus said in John 17, sanctify them through that word, that word is truth, right? And, uh, and he says here, for both he that sanctifieth and they who are sanctified. So Jesus says, sanctify them through thy word. So if the word of the Lord is going forth as it is right now, right now in this broadcast, you're being sanctified. Your mind is getting renewed, amen, any corruptible thinking, corruptible thoughts. And then therefore, <clears throat> you're being sanctified, separated unto God, in other words. God is reserving himself in you, amen, sanctifying you. And it says, for both he that sanctifies and they are sanctified are all of one. For which cause he's not ashamed to call them brethren, saying, I will declare thy name <clears throat> unto my brethren. In the midst of the church will I sing praises unto thee. Well, Jesus did that. He declared the name of God unto his brethren, right? And uh, and so that reminds me of another scripture there that um, 2 Corinthians 5. Hey, Dorothy, how are you doing? Hallelujah. Martin and Dorothy are, are cousins of mine, and praise God that they serve Jesus Christ, and, and I know Martin does, I don't know about Dorothy, but 
That means they're brothers, amen, brothers and sisters. So the scripture says in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, well, let's start with 16. Wherefore, henceforth know we no man after the flesh. Yea, though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Therefore, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creature. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things will become new. <clears throat> Verse 18, and all things are of God. Amen. That's what he wants, all things to be of him. Who has reconciled us unto himself by Jesus Christ and hath given us to, unto us the ministry of reconciliation. <clears throat> Verse 19, to wit that God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them, and hath committed unto us the word, the Logos of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ that be ye reconciled unto God. For he hath made him, talking about Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God. You see, although I have many relatives, obviously, all of us do, <clears throat> if they're not walking in Jesus Christ, then obviously they're not a brother or sister to me in the Lord. And Jesus said, you know, who are my, my, who are my brothers, my mother, and my sister, but they that do the will of God. And Jesus said, if you continue in my word, then you are my disciples. That's God's desire is for us to constantly continue in the word. Because the word, is, word, the word is what has the power to separate us unto him, sanctify us unto him, you see. And so as this word is going forth even today, and the words that have went forth, and every time God quickens you in your spirit, amen, because that's where the word is being made alive, amen. John 1, 4, in him was life, Zoe, and the Zoe was the force of God. That's where you begin to see, and that's where that seed is getting germinated. And now, if you continue in that word and don't let the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of riches and the lust of other things enter in and choke that word, as Jesus said, it becomes unfruitful. So if we make sure that we, we maintain, amen, maintain that word in our hearts and in our spirits, amen, and um, <clears throat> so that when it needs to come forth out of your spirit, when God brings life to it, amen, it comes to fruition, it comes to full maturity, amen. So... You need to understand that, 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 that we, though, you see, I was Joseph that was born years ago. <laughs> and, uh, but now I'm a new creature in Christ, amen. That's who I am. And that's how I see my, my brothers and sisters. I don't see you after the flesh. Though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth to see him, we him no more. Even, even the disciples didn't see Jesus anymore as, as flesh. They saw him as resurrected. They saw him as spirit, amen. Hola, Rogelio. Praise God. And it's been, you know, it's been a, a great joy to me to share the Word of God, the Word of the Lord, amen, that goes forth, the prophecies that God brings me. And it's interesting because, you know, this started on October the 15th. So come October the 15th, it's going to be one year that these broadcasts have been going forth. And uh, it's amazing to me, you know, the transition and the, and the, and the growth that I've went through. You know that desire to be uh, bring forth excellence in this in this in, in the publication in the broadcast of the word to do it with excellence. You know to put a product out there that that God is going to give receive glory from, not Joseph. Amen. So I just want to encourage you with that: is that though we have known Christ after the flesh, yet now henceforth know we him no more. Amen. And the place that we need to be at is reconciling unto God. And obviously, you know, we've got to be grown up and mature, obviously, in the Lord to, uh, to perform 
His work, amen. In other words, His way, His will, His word. The will, the word, the work, the way. See? And uh, there's a process that God brings us through, amen. It's a growth and maturity. You know, Napias, Pariam, Tekna, Weas, and Pater. I've shared that many times. But when you just, when you first get born again, you're not at that place, amen, where you're ready to broadcast and you're ready to deliver the word of God. You're not ready to preach, in other words, amen. You're not ready to teach. All you got is your own testimony, what God brought you from, and that's about it. But God, amen, as the scripture says, if my father and mother forsake me, the Lord will take me up, you know. And, and that's true. <clears throat> Hello, Michael Sturgis and uh, Wesley Barker. See, so God... His desire is obviously to bring us and raise us up into maturity. And, uh, you know, I brought this out again a few weeks ago. And uh, this is talking about John the Baptist, right? Start with verse 16, Luke chapter 1, verse 16. And many of the children of shall he turn to the Lord their God. So number one, you know, the baptism of repentance. So so the, the purpose of John the Baptist was to get the heart ready for them when Jesus came forth. Well, Jesus is the word. There's always There always needs to be a preparation beforehand because <clears throat> the ground has to be ready. Because when, we're not, when, we, when we've been out there in the world, the ground, the heart gets hard, amen, crusted. So the, the, so the, the, the ground has to be broken up so that the seed can go forth and get planted planted in the heart. So that's part of the first thing that John the Baptist ministry does. And like I said, we don't get baptized like, like John did. John baptized before Jesus. In other words, we're baptized after we're born again. And they said, He shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the heart of the disobedient and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. So God's desire, amen, is to prepare people for the Lord. Who's he doing? How is he doing that? Well, he's doing that through brothers and sisters, me, you know, others that are out there, amen, preparing us for the Lord. Why? Because one of the names of God is Jehovah Shabbat, the Lord of hosts. There's a plan. There's a purpose, amen. <clears throat> and, uh, and that is to destroy the works of the enemy all over the earth, amen. And it's going to happen through me and you. You know, I saw a headline the other day in, uh, in a popular online Christian magazine. And it said um, uh, something to the effect of, you know, why why is God allowing all this to happen in the earth? You know, God is love. Why? And you hear that a lot, you know, from the carnal Christian. Because they don't understand the ways of God, right? And, and the fact of the matter is, it's not why is God allowing this, why is the church allowing it? Why can't the church get unified? Why can't we come together? Amen. Blessed, how's the scripture say? This is in Psalms. Blessed how good and how, blessed how good and I think it says how sweet it is when the brethren dwell together in unity. When there's unification, amen. Because when there is unification, then there's going to be cooperation for the purpose of God, amen. A people prepared for the Lord, you see. And so, and I'm just saying that to say that, you know, we need to understand what God is doing. God is bringing his people and he seeks us, he wants us to be united in him, amen. So that when, when we're able to go forth in, in the causes that are out there in prayer, amen, men are always to pray as Jesus said. And then she said, shall he come find faith on the earth? 
Haman decides and Omar Moyle. You understand? So men are always praying, man. Well, men are always praying. Unity, man. You pray for your family. I pray for my wife and my sons, amen. But also, I pray for, you know, those that are in authority, the president and other members in our city. And I'm always praying for the police department, you know, those that are officials in the city because I want there to be peace in the land, amen. But again, um, the unification, amen. God bring us together for his purpose, amen. Not for my purpose, not for any one man's purpose, but for his vision, his desire, his glory. And uh, so let, let's go ahead and uh, I'm going to go into something the Lord has been working with me on. And, you know, like I said, I'm thankful for, for uh, the spirit of understanding, amen, because when you have the spirit of understanding, you begin to see. He puts it all together for you. And it's not something that, that you have to struggle with. It's not something that you have to repetitively learn about. Like we go to our colleges and we learn about whatever topic or subject that we're involved in. And it's not like that, you see. It's the life of God. John 1, 4, in Him was life and the life was the light. It's the life that's in you, God, in you, the hope of glory, amen, that begins to shine the light and that allows you to see, amen, in Him was life and the life was the light of man. He allows you to see and comprehend and understand, amen, what He's saying. So, you know, God in His grace, I mean, it's just been shown so forth. And I've been sharing this, you know, a few times now as far as this word krateo, which if you look at the outline, if you're looking at the outline, if you want to look at the outline, there's an outline there, it's called Master or Krateo, your profession, all right? And that's in, uh, that, that comes from Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14. So let's take a look at that. You know, one of the things about sharing and bringing forth the word of the Lord is that it's all by faith. Amen. I got started in this by faith. I didn't have a clue what I was doing. I never recorded videos. As a matter of fact, I told my sons at one time, I don't want to ever record videos. I didn't know I was going to be recording myself. <laughs> but like I said, I just, I just, uh, you know, I, I never wanted to get into it because I knew the work involved and the labor involved and so on. But now, by the grace of God, amen, and only by the grace, amen, I, I, I enjoy doing it now. I enjoy preparing these words and, and, uh, and bringing forth what God is saying. So it says in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 14, Seeing then we have a great high priest, which is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Okay? And I'm going to start with the word profession here. Profession is a Greek word that means homologia. And it means... Acknowledgement, okay? So let's hold fast our profession. Now I'm going to, sh and it comes from the root word homologio, and that word means to say the same thing as another. Now, let's look at some verses there. Mm. Matthew 10 32. Hey, uh, Code Jack Martinez. <laughs> Whosoever therefore, sorry, um, Matthew 10, 32. This is a few examples of this word. Whosoever therefore shall confess me, before man him will I confess 
also before my Father which is in heaven. That word confess is the Greek word homologia, which means to say the same thing. Okay? And so what are you saying the same thing as? Well, you're saying that shall say the same thing of me, of me and my word, Jesus, in other words. First uh, John 4, 15, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, dwelleth in him and he in God. Whosoever shall homologia, speak the same thing, is what the word says Jesus is, and that he's been raised from the dead, amen, and that he is the Son of God, you see, that's how you use this. That's how you use this. This is what it what it's saying. Uh, and it's also translated as the word profession. First Timothy six twelve, for example, fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on, okay. Lay hold on, hey Billy Acres. Eternal Zoe, whereunto thou art also called, and hast professed homologia, a good profession, homologia, legio, sorry, homologia, homologia, before many witnesses, okay? So you profess the word, amen. As the scripture says, what saith that the word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart, the word of faith which we speak, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, homologia, the Lord Jesus, See, if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, thou shalt be saved. For with the mouth, confession, homologia is made, and with the heart man believeth. And remember, when you believe, you see. If, you believe, if you're seeing what I'm saying to you right now, that's the Holy Spirit ministering that word to you and revealing it to you. It's not because I'm making logical sense of this, and you're understanding logically. If you're seeing it, what I'm saying to you, you're seeing it by the Spirit. Okay? So, homologia. Okay? And, and then now, the word master, which is uh, the word karateo, let's take a look at that. That's just a few examples of that word. There's, there's a few, quite a few more. Homologia is the word karateo, K-R-A-T-E-O, and it comes from the Greek word kratos. What kratos means force, strength, power, might. Okay? It's translated the word dominion, power, and strength. Dominion. Amen. Anna, Gregor, how you doing? So it says, master, let's, let's how to say, I'm sorry. Uh, Seeing then we have a great high priest that is passed into the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. Okay, so that hold fast is the word krateo, which means to have power, to be powerful, to be chief, to be master of, to rule. You see, your profession, master your confession, get a hold of it, attain it. Amen. Hold it in the hand, hold it close. Amen. Keep it carefully, keep it faithfully. Your homologia, your confession of God's word. Keep it tight. Keep it in front of you. Keep it before you. Hear it, listen it, get taught. Hear the scriptures. You know, audio, prayer, obviously, prayer. Get involved, praying in the Holy Ghost, building up your most holy faith. Remember, because without faith, it's impossible to please him. So you need to have that word coming forth out of your heart and come forth out of your mouth. Amen. And like I said, it's not about confessing scriptures and saying them. It's about seeing them in the spirit and saying them. Amen? Because remember, a man's confession is a result of his thinking. A man's thinking is a result of his knowledge. A, man, a man's knowledge is a result of his belief. And a man's belief is only coming from two sources, God or the devil. You see? 
So these two sources, God or the devil, are what's inspiring. One is inspiring from the spirit. One is inspiring from the soul. And when 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 the enemy, like I said, he you know, to want to let me see here. There's there's two ways, amen, that that the enemy is doing his work. One of them is is that he plants the seed, right? And you live that seed. You speak that seed. You speak that perversion. You do that perversion, right? The other one is where, when he actually possesses an individual, and that individual, individual is being manipulated and controlled by a devil, a demon. Diamonitsumai is the Greek word for possessed. So, so when the seed is in there that's corruptible, well, obviously it's got to be replaced with incorruptible seed. One has to get taken out, one has to put in, right? So, um, so part of, so, so, but when, when that seed, see that, that's the place that he wants. The scripture calls that the seat of Satan. What is he trying to inhabit? Where, where is he trying to, 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 to dictate his purposes and his plans in a man's life? Well, it's coming from his soul, man. The soul man that has not been regenerated unto the Lord. You see, regenerated in the word, renewed in the word. So that's, that's part of what we're going to be discussing a little bit today in a minute. So hold fast your profession, right? All right, now, take a look at this. I'm going to read you some statements here. All right? It says, to have power over your profession. Excuse me, Ms. Okay, so master your profession. Have power over your profession. Homologia, that is the... That is acknowledgement of my word to say the same as my word. Be powerful over speaking the same as my word. Be chief over your acknowledgement that is my word is true. Be master over your speaking the same as my word. Rule your confession of my word. Get possession over your profession of my word. Become a master of acknowledging my word. Obtain your profession of my word. Hold fast of your acknowledgement of my word. Take my word in your heart and profess it out of your lips. Seize your mastery of my word on your lips. Lay hands in order to bring my word into your power through your lips. Hold your profession of what you have in my word. Hold it fast and not let it go and do not let it go from your heart and from your lips. Keep your profession carefully and faithfully. Continue to, continue to hold and retain my word. Continue Hold my word and check and restrain it until it's released from your spirit. Amen. Use strength towards your profession. And these are all these definitions of that word curtail. Rule, master, lay hold of, obtain, possess, be chief, hold it, hold it fast. Amen. Faithful. So hold, master your profession. Okay. Now, listen to this little statement that I put forth here. And because you have kept that which you have and have mastered my word, what you have in my word keeps you from that hour of temptation. I say unto you, curtail what you have, and no man will take thy crown. Temptation will come on all the world, but I will keep you from that hour. Master and curtail, rule, be powerful, be chief over, get possession of the traditions that have been handed down to you. 
whether by word or by episode, remember and keep the ordinances as they have been delivered unto you. Master the dragon and master your resistance against the doctrine of Jezebel that calls herself a prophetess and teaches us and teaches and seduces my servants to commit fornications and to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Master your resistance against the doctrine of Satan and the depths of Satan, and I will put none other burden on you. But that which you have already curtailed, master it, rule it, get possession of it, be chief over it, be powerful over it till I come. Amen. And then it says here, do not curtail or rule the traditions of man which cause you to lay aside the commandments of God. And then I put guard, watch over, maintain and obey my word in your heart for out of it are the issues of life. So you understand, you must understand how important it is for the word of the Lord to be in your heart and in your mouth. That is the word of faith which we preach. Amen. We believe, we speak what we believe. Amen. And what we believe is getting revealed to you in your spirit. If you remember last week, I shared on, 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 on believing. When you believe, when you, when you see it, you believe. And so, like I said, that's uh, the one thing about these words that are going forth is that you need to take advantage of them. The scripture says in 1 Timothy, scriptures you go through. This is uh, 1 Timothy 1.18. It says, This charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecies which went before on thee, that thou by them mightest war a good warfare. Hold in faith. Holding is the word echo. To have hold, to have to hold, to hold in the hand in the sense of wearing. Hold in faith and a good conscience which some have been put away concerning faith have made, have made shipwreck. So, it says, this charge I commit unto thee, son Timothy, according to the prophecy. So these words that are coming forth, you need to be warring a good warfare with them. You need to take them. You need to get them in your spirit. You need to profess them, speak the same as, etc., etc. And and so that's something that God brought me this week. And uh, actually, I've been working on that for quite a while. And so... Uh, like I said, that's just, that's just a word. Let me, I'm going to read it again. And because you have kept that which you have mastered, and because you have kept that which you have, have and have mastered my word, <clears throat> hang on a second, I'm sorry. It says, and because you have kept that which you have and have mastered my word, what you have in my word keeps you from that hour of temptation. And these are all scriptures. These are all scriptures, okay? Revelation 3, 10 through 11, 1 Corinthians 11, 2, Revelation 2, 24 through 25, Revelation 2, 20, Proverbs 4, 23, okay? These are all references out of the scriptures that are being made. And it says, I say unto you, Croteo, which is master, rule, have profession, take, have possession, take possession of what you have, and no man will take that crown. Temptation will come on all the world, but I will keep you from that hour. 
master and curtail the traditions that have been handed down to you, whether by word or by episode, and remember and keep the ordinances as they have been delivered to you. Master the dragon and master your resistance against the doctrine of Jezebel that calls herself a prophetess and teaches and seduces my servants to commit fornication, to eat things sacrificed unto idols. Master your resistance against the doctrine of Satan and the depths of Satan, and I will put none other burden on you which, but that which you have already curtailed. Master, rule it, get a hold of it, take hold of it until I come. Do not curtail or rule the traditions of men which cause you to lay aside the commandments of God. Guard, watch over, maintain, and obey my word in your heart, for out of it are the issues of life. Amen. And, and that's, what, that's what I'm saying here. These words, the word of the Lord is so important because the just shall live by faith. Amen. You live by faith. You live by that word that's being revealed out of your spirit and you bring it forth. Amen. Amen. All right. Any questions? Hallelujah. You know, this today, yesterday I was getting a haircut and uh, I've been doing some substitute teaching, substitute teaching, and I've noticed a lot of things uh, that that the system needs help with. First of all, it's got to be completely revamped because it's not glorifying God. But second of all, um, you know, one thing I've observed is you can't teach young men the same as you do young women. They, com they respond completely different. And uh, I was giving, I was showing them a picture, right, of a of a uh, Cooper hawk, and he's caught a dove in midair, and then he, when he landed with the dove, he started pulling out his feathers. And in one of those pictures, it shows, you know, his his vein that's the, he's grabbing on, getting ready to eat it, right. And when I show that to the young men, they're like, "Oh man, that's so cool." But when I show it to the young women, they all are like, oh, <clears throat> and, and, and that's understandable, right? Because they're seeing it from a different light, a different slant, different uh, Derek, right? Derek is a Hebrew word for slant or bent. So anyway, and then uh, I was sharing some of that with this young lady. She was cutting my hair and she says, well, do you think that, uh, that this is, how, how, how far do you think, how far in age do you think they need to go before they're actually you know, grouped up, and uh, and I didn't. I just said, you know, I, I would think that at least up to the, you know, till they get into the college years when they have some maturity. And even then, that's that's going to be pushing it. But I wanted to share a scripture. This is in Second Chronicles chapter thirty-four, right? And this is about um, Josiah, King Josiah. You know, and he was eight years old, and and really that's not the point of the story right now. Is that and, and it says in verse 22, <clears throat> now, just to get a little backdrop, they found the word of the Lord. They had been repairing the temple, and, and they found the word of the Lord, and they brought it to the high priest, and the high priest called the, 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 uh, the scribe, and the scribe, you know, took it to the king. They took it to the king, all of them. And, uh, and when King Josiah shot, heard it, Scripture says he rent his clothes, man. He just... God got in his face, amen, started repenting before God. Because they hadn't had the word of the Lord in so long. Years. Alright? And so then, 
the king said, take it to the prophet. <clears throat> well, Jeremiah wasn't there. He was in the outskirts somewhere preaching. It says, and Hilkiah, and they that the king had appointed went to Hulda the prophetess. Okay, Hulda was a female, a woman. The wife of Shalem. Shalem was the son of Tikbath, the son of Hasra, keeper of the wardrobe. He had a very important role, amen. Now, this is what I want to get to. In parentheses it says, Now she dwelt in Jerusalem in the college, and they spake to her to that effect. Alright? So, in college means double, copy, second, repetition. So you, you're constantly hearing the same thing over and over and over, right? <clears throat> so, it says that she was in the college. Well, when you look that up, <clears throat> excuse me, need some water. When you look up history, more history about Hulda, it says that the college she was in was a school for women, young women, all ages, from little women all the way up to mature ages. <clears throat> Isn't that interesting that in the Bible, they had enough sense to know that keep them separated <laughs> and uh, and train them differently. And also there's references to scriptures, the sons that were being trained separately. They had enough sense to understand that they don't see the things the same way, obviously. And then when they get into their teen years, well, that's going to be a whole other gamut of problems, right? That's going to be exploding inside of them, you know, puberty and stuff. And so, you know, I've known that so long now, and now see it in the, in the, in the public school systems and the way they operate. And it's just such a mess, man. Kids, you know, competing all the time for one another's attention. You know, they want to sit by themselves, you know. Oh, gosh, it's so sad. But the point is, is that uh, in the, even in the scripture, they had enough sense to know that we, we got to keep them separated, you know, because they don't think the same, they don't look at things the same, they don't hear the same. I could say something to a young man, hey, sit down. And he'll respond, sit down. If I say it to a young woman that way, he'll be like, wow, he's so rude. And, and I'm just making some examples, you understand, but the point is, is that uh, it's very much scripture to do it, uh, obviously, the way of the Lord and what His Word says. So, let's get into the outline now. Um, we're going to be talking about righteousness and uh, the work of righteousness and the days of God's righteousness. And the foundational scriptures are Jeremiah chapter 33, 14 through 16. Let's take a look at that. Jeremiah 14. I'm sorry, Jeremiah 33, verse 14 through 16. All right. Behold, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will perform that good thing which I have promised unto the house of Israel, glory to God, and to the house of Judah. In those days and at that time will I cause the branch of righteousness to grow up unto David, and he shall execute judgment and righteousness, righteousness in the land. In those days, I'm going to read. Verse 16, In those days shall Judah be saved, and Jerusalem shall dwell safely. And this is the name where we shall, she shall be called the Lord our righteousness. Amen. The bride. She's going to be called the Lord our righteousness. Amen. Because she wears the banner of righteousness. You see? And, uh, <clears throat> you know, it's interesting that it doesn't matter who it is now. Okay? Anybody that, 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 that whether they and everyone has to come to know Jesus now the same way. The scripture says, 
I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. You have to go through Christ now. There is no other way to get to God. You can't sacrifice your way into it. You can't slaughter the animals anymore. You can't do all these rituals like you used to do in the Old Testament. That's gone. There's one sacrifice that's been given for all. Amen. And his name is Jesus Christ. And uh, let's take a look at Isaiah chapter 32, verse 17. And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness quiet and assurance forever. Glory to God. You know, one of the things about when you're reading in the Old Testament, you have to see it in the light of grace now. You have to filter it through grace. In the Old Testament, they never could fulfill the word of the Lord. Amen. God was grieved with that generation. They provoked him to anger. And he separated himself from them and let them, you know, let them go on their way on their own or without him. And, and there was many, many consequences that took place. But thank God, you know, he already had a plan through Jesus Christ. Amen. And, and with that now, we are made the righteousness of God in him. Amen. Hallelujah. So it says, in those days, Judah shall be saved. Amen. In that day, that day that Jesus Christ came, now he's provided, provided the way. Now that's the day, this dispensation that we're in of grace. Romans chapter 10, verses 1 through 4. Brethren, and this is Paul, you know, the seed of Jacob shall be redeemed. Brethren, my heart's desire and prayer to God for Israel is that they might be saved. Amen. For I bear them record that they have zeal of God, but not according to knowledge. For they, being ignorant of God's righteousness and going about to establish their own righteousness, have not them submitted themselves unto the righteousness of God. For Christ is the end of the law for righteousness to everyone that believes. You see? So the scripture says you got zeal. And even today in the body of Christ, you you got zeal, alright? But but you're not you're hearing God's word and uh, but you're trying to do it in your own righteousness, okay? You're not you're mixing it with faith, but not the faith of God. You're mixing it with your faith of yourself, the faith in your, of your own belief system. That's not how it operates. It's got to come forth out of your spirit, right? And how he says in, in Hebrews, that reminds me of another scripture, praise God. Chapter 4, verses 1 and 2. Let us therefore fear lest a promise of being lest a lest a promise being left of us entering into his rest, any of you should come short of it. Amen. So God doesn't want any of us to come short of entering into his purposes and his plan. In other words, his rest, his way. For unto us was the gospel preached as well as unto them. But the word preached did not profit them, not being mixed with faith in them that heard it. 
So it didn't profit. It wasn't assisting. It wasn't assisting them. It wasn't useful to them. It wasn't advantageous. It did not profit them. It didn't benefit them. Why? Because they didn't mix it with faith. Not faith of your own belief system. Faith toward God. Faith because He reveals that word and lets you see it in your spirit. In Him was life. When that life is manifest and present in, in our hearts, Amen. And it is when He allows that word to be to be uh, hovered over. In other words, he begins to bring life to that word. Amen. Then it becomes light. And that light, that's a see. Comprehend and understand. Amen. When you're praying and these scriptures come to you, amen. Bring them forth. Give them voice. Amen. Because these are coming forth out of your spirit. Amen. And that's what I'm saying is that they didn't mix it with faith. Mix is to mix together, to commingle, to unite. You see, and unite something for a purpose. Amen. So they didn't mix it with faith, and so therefore, as a consequence of that, they ended up dying off, a whole generation. And uh, so even so, today, we have to mix it with faith. Because if you're not mixing it with faith, God's faith, then you're on your own, regarding the word of the Lord. Okay? Death and life are in the power of the tongue, and they that love it shall eat the fruit of it. If you love the death, then keep on doing that. But if you love life, glory to God, then do that, see? And as for me and my house... I love the life of God, amen. I don't want, I don't, I don't want my soul mixed in with this thing and and, and aborting and 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 uh, causing the purpose of God to not come forth, amen. So it says that in those days Judah shall be saved. They were saved. They were delivered and redeemed, made free. They made safe. And redemption is the work of righteousness, which brings peace with God. Peace of God and makes peacemakers. There's a scripture in Matthew 5, 9. It says, Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. The children is the Greek word, we also God. See, a peacemaker, when you finally come into some growth and maturity, you're, you're understanding that you're out there reconciling the world unto God, just like Jesus did. And you're understanding that now you move, you, you have to move and be led of the Spirit of God. Amen. For as many as are led of the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. That's Romans 8, 14, right? You have to move in the spirit, amen. You cannot be moving out on your own out there. It's because you have the talent, the gift, and the ability, right? And you can do these things. Doesn't mean you should. You gotta wait on the wait on the Lord. For as many as are led of the Spirit of God, they they are the sons of God. They are the wheels of God. These are the ones that God is moving forth in His work, right? All right. And but we all do this through righteousness, not of ourselves. You see, for by grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is a gift of God. Not of works, lest any man should boast. See, if you do it from your own works and you're boasting because of what you did, then that's dead works. It's not giving glory and honor to God. All right? Now, Isaiah 32, verse 17 again. Isaiah verse th chapter 32 verse 17. And the work of righteousness shall be peace, and the effect of righteousness is quiet and assurance forever. Alright? So the work of Jesus Christ, 1 John 3 8. Hello, Stacy. 1 John 3 8.
He that committeth sin is of the devil, for the devil sinneth from the beginning. For this purpose the Son of God was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil. God's ultimate purpose, obviously, is to destroy the works of the devil. Where are the works of the devil? They're in the people. Whether they be Christians, or whether they be in the world and they don't know Jesus. Amen. And so to each one, there's a different voice. To the one that, that's in the world, your sins are forgiven. You've been redeemed from the curse of the law. Right? And, and therefore, it's not about confessing your sins. It's about receiving what he's done. Hey, Amanda. And to the one that's out there in the world, I mean, the one that's a born-again Christian, well, he's the one that has to confess the sins, right? To get his relationship back with God. Restored. All right? So you have two different voices, all right? And so... It says, you know, one of the things about, in Romans chapter 8, verse 4, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us, who walk not after the flesh, but who walk after the Spirit, after the Spirit. So, in the flesh, you cannot fulfill God's Word, but in the Spirit, you can you got to see it in the Spirit. you got to walk in the Spirit. you got to live in the Spirit. you got to hear, do, etc., etc. And so, sin is destroyed by those who walk in the Spirit. If you're walking in the flesh and you're walking in condemnation, you're constantly struggling trying to get it right, you know. Why did I do this? Why did I make this mistake and everything? And you're just always in condemnation. And it says in Romans 1, There is therefore now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but walk after the Spirit. So if you're walking after the Spirit, there's no condemnation. But if you are in the flesh, then there's condemnation. Okay? And so, and, and so what it's saying is this, you haven't accepted and received the righteousness of God, which is in Christ Jesus. That's something that you have to maintain always, that you're right before your Father because of Jesus Christ. Amen? So, verse, uh, verse 10, Romans 8, 10. And if Christ be in you, the body is dead because of sin, but the spirit is life because of righteousness. You see? The spirit is Zoe because of the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Amen? And that's what we need to be living by. You see? It's going to be to your advantage to live by the spirit. You see? But if you live, like I said, according to your flesh, and what the dictates of your flesh and your soul are, you're going to constantly, constantly, constantly come into nothing and hit walls everywhere you go. Acts 10.38, it says that how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Ghost and with power, who went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil, for God was with him. Again, the desire of God is to, to redeem those that are, that are being oppressed from the devil and tell them in the world that your sins are forgiven. And tell the sinner, tell the ones that are sinners in Christ that, that they need, in other words, you're a Christian and you're sinning. Uh, tell that individual that you've got to repent, you see, and get your heart right before the Father. And you do that through the blood of Jesus Christ, amen. In other words, that's how we have access to the throne. Colossians 2.15, the latter part of that talks about, hey, Becky Ramirez. And having spoiled principalities and powers, he made a show of the op opening, amen. You see, when you're walking in Christ and when you're walking after the Spirit, you you understand that the, that the works of the enemy, they're over, amen? You see, they're finished. They're, no, they're null in your life. You don't walk by that anymore. You walk by the Spirit. And they, and, 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 and they know it everywhere you go. You're being acknowledged in the Spirit. 
you see, by these demonic powers. And they don't want the work of God. They don't, you see, they're, they're walking around in dry places, you see. They, they want somewhere that they can habitate, always. And, uh, but like I said, the point is, is that God, in your spirit, we make a show of them openly, having spoiled principalities and powers, and we make them reveal them openly. They're known to us in the spirit, as you walk in the spirit. And so the work of righteousness is life. The work of the law is death, okay? Now, in the Garden of Eden, there was two trees, right? The tree of the knowledge of good and evil, which he said, when you eat of that tree, you're going to die. And then he said, but there's also a tree of life. You can go to the tree of life anytime you want, Adam and Eve, okay? So in Genesis chapter 2, verses 7 through 9, let's take a look at that. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and man became a living soul. Soul is the Greek Hebrew word nephesh, okay? And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had formed. So he planted a garden, garden eastward of Eden and put the man there. And out of the ground made the Lord God to grow every tree that is pleasant to the sight, and the good and good for food. The tree of life also in the midst of the garden and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. So isn't that interesting? He says he put the tree of the knowledge, tree of life in the midst and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Both sides, one in your spirit, one in your soul, right there in the middle. You make a choice. You go to the tree of life, you have me. You go to the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you're going to have death. In other words, it's going to come to nothing. It's going to be a dead work. You're going to be frustrated and exhausted because you're trying to do it yourself. And so in 15, verse 15 there, Genesis chapter 2, And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to dress it and to keep it. What's the purpose? He put him in there to take care of this garden. Okay, you are the garden of God. God has given you the place to be responsible over your own life, over your family, and over your household, etc. And then it says in verse 16, And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of the garden thou mayest eat freely. But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it, for in the day that thou eatest thereof, thou shalt surely die. Not dying because you're going to expire and be no more. Dying because now you don't have my breath with you. You don't have my presence. You see, you can't live by your spirit anymore. You live by your soul. Everything you do now is dead works. No glory, no honor to Jesus Christ and the Father. And so... You know, one is the law of works, good and evil. One is the law of righteousness, tree of life. You're doing it the way of God. You're doing it by Jesus Christ. And, and, and again, we have to understand something about this Babylonian system. The Babylonian system, right, had its roots way back in the day in the book of Genesis. And uh, in Nimrod, you know, they decided they were going to build an edifice to get to God. So notice where it came from. It or started the origin started down here below and went up to God. But the kingdom of God and Christianity is different. It comes down from God. It comes down. It descends. Right? So ascension, descension, right? So one of them came down from, from above, the other one goes up from below. Well that's what Nimrod was trying to do and that's what Babylon is. Babylon means confusion. Alright? You know, it's interesting, I was talking to a young man, he says, do, do we all have to go to some kind of school to be a preacher or whatever? I said, no, 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 no. 
I said, I said, no, we don't. Amen. Because first of all, Jesus Christ didn't go to college. <laughs> and, uh, and then it says that uh, all the apostles and the disciples. All right. Let's see if I can find that verse. Acts chapter 4. Acts chapter 4. Verse 13. Take a look at that. Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus Christ, glory to God. And what is the distinction? What is the difference? Amen. How can a man bring forth God's presence and God's word? Amen. As John the Baptist says, a man can deliver, and a man can only give what he's received. If you haven't spent any time with God, if you haven't been in the presence of God, then do not be upset when you're not able to deliver with his presence. Moses wrote the first five books of the Bible. Why? Because he spent time with God. David, you know, Solomon, Joshua, all these men were in God's presence. Amen. And this is how they were able to live before God's purpose and God's word in the earth. By the presence of God. And that reminds me of another scripture in, in Exodus. Chapter 33. Turn verse 12. And Moses said unto the Lord, See, thou sayest unto me, Bring up this people. And thou hast not let me know whom thou wilt send with me. Yet thou hast said, I know thee by name, and thou hast also said, thou hast, thou hast also found grace in my sight. Amen. Now therefore I pray thee, if I, if I have found grace in thy sight, show me now thy way, that I may know thee, that I may find grace in thy sight, in thy sight, and consider that this nation is thy people. These are your people, God. And he said, my presence shall go with you, and I will give you rest. Your struggle ends when his spirit begins. Amen. For wherein shall it be known here that I and thy people have found grace in thy sight? Is it not that thou goest with us? Hallelujah. That's the distinction is God is with his people. So shall, thou, so shall we be separated, sanctified, separated unto God. I and thy people from all the people that are upon the face of the earth. Praise God. That's the distinction. That's the difference of the, of the sons and daughters that are walking in the presence of God. Amen. They're not interested in the Babylonian system. They're not interested in their colleges. They're not interested in their seminary schools. They're not interested in any of that. All of that is nothing but confusion. That young man, I told him, no. You don't have to do that. See? As, as I'm going to read it again, Acts chapter 4. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not, uh, I've been to school, I've been, you know, high school, and, and I've had some college, you know, some uh, computer science training, but again, I didn't go to seminary school, I didn't go to be a preacher somewhere to learn how to stand in front of people and orate and stuff, and, you know, do it all skillfully, cleverly, and polished, and know how to 
at the times, you know, how to take the money and all these things that they learned that are just useless. Verse 13 again, Acts chapter 4, Now when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were unlearned and ignorant men, they marveled and they took knowledge of them that they had been with Jesus. These guys had a relationship with God, amen. They were spending time with the Master, amen, the precious. And incidentally, this is how you get deliverance. You spend time with God, amen. If you're spending time with God, then that means you're not spending time with yourself in the world, amen. Simple. Um, the law is the knowledge of good and evil. When man partakes of that tree, the sin is known. Once sin is known, judgment comes. Judgment concludes that all under the curse of the law and the wages of sin is death. Romans chapter 16. All right? Romans chapter 6, I'm sorry. Verse 17. But God be thanked. Wait a Romans chapter 6, oh, verse 17 through 23. May God be thanked that ye were the servants of sin, but ye have obeyed from the heart that form of doctrine which was delivered you. Maintain, maintain, amen, the ordinances that have delivered to you, the form and the fashion, the going in, the going out, the goings in, the comings out. Maintain them, amen. Maintain the traditions, amen, as the word of the Lord came forth earlier. May hold fast to that which you've delivered, that's been delivered to you. Don't let it go. Don't. Don't relinquish your hold from that word. Being then made free from sin, you became the servants of righteousness. I speak after the manner of men because of the infirmity of your flesh. For as you have yielded your members, servants to uncleanness and to iniquity unto iniquity, even so now yield your members, servants to righteousness unto holiness. For when you were the servants of sin, you were free from righteousness, Lord of God. But now... But what fruit had ye then in those things whereof now you are ashamed? For the end of those things is death. Being now being made free from sin and become servants of God, you have your fruit unto holiness and the end everlasting zoe. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal zoe through Jesus Christ, O Lord, our Lord. Not eternal because it's some someday in the future. Eternal because now you have the presence of God with you. Now you can walk in the Spirit, live in the Spirit, move in the Spirit, speak in the Spirit, hear in the Spirit. You understand? Now, eternal life, perpetually. And so, when we get in, the ways of sin is dead. The same thing is particularly true knowledge of good and evil. You're without me now. You're without God's presence. And as the scriptures talks about Jesus Christ, he would make sin for us that we might be made the righteousness of God in him. That's 2 Corinthians chapter 5. For he hath made him, verse 21, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. Amen. Galatians 3, 10. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that continueth not in the things which are written in the book of the law to do them. Amen. But that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident the just shall live by faith. Amen. You've got to live by faith in this walk. Or you're not pleasing God. For the law is not of faith. But, of the, man, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. If you want to walk in the law and in judgment and, and, and be, being critical and you know, walking in the death of the world, then go for it. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree, 
that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Amen. We have the power of the Holy Ghost. We have received God. We have received His presence. I'm not going to read all these verses in Deuteronomy 28, 15 through 68, but if you take a look at them, you see what happens when you remove yourself from God and when you allow yourself to be wandered, wander away. And then, and then, uh, but again, the blessings and the cursing. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, 19, and 20. Let's take a look at those. Deuteronomy chapter 30. I call heaven and earth to record this day against you that I have set before you death and blessing. I have, I'm sorry, I have set before you life and death, blessing and cursing, therefore choose life, that, thou, but that, that both thou and thy seed may live, and that thou mayest love the Lord thy God, and that thou mayest obey his voice, and that thou mayest cleave unto him, for he is thy life, and the length of thy days, and thou, that thou mayest dwell in the land which the Lord sware unto thy fathers, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give them. You see, God desires to, us to dwell in a place where we are at rest, where we are at peace, as, as we read order, earlier. Redemption is the work of righteousness which brings peace with God. Peace of God makes peacemakers. Amen. The peace of God brings you to a place where you're able to bring peace to others, in other words. And, uh, you know, it's, it's not very complicated, but again, we constantly have to be encouraged, amen, because we forget. We let things slip. We let the world come, come in and... and let the seeds of the world get planted in our heart when we're wrestling and we're trying to cast these things down in our minds because we're giving ourselves to it. To the world, that is. Well, Father, I thank you for your word. Hey, Scotty. I thank you for this time, Lord God, of bringing and delivering forth your word, Father God. I thank you, Lord God, that the just shall live by faith, Father. It's a way of life for the, one, the sons and daughters of God that are seeking your will daily, Father. I declare, Lord God, that will be done on earth as it is in heaven, Father. Give us this day, Father, our daily bread. And forgive us, Father, of our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Hallelujah, Father. I thank you for your hallowedness. I thank you for your holiness in this hour, Father. I bless you, Lord, for your people, Father. And I thank you, Lord, for this hour and for this age of grace that we live in, Father. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.